This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and this Tuesday, like every other single day, I'm going to read you an article to make you a better real estate investor. The article comes from biggerpockets.com blog, but you're busy, so we give you the information in audio form too. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The housing market's correction has begun. Analyzing June's data by Dave Meyer. For months, I, along with many prominent housing market analysts, have been forecasting a big shift in the housing market at some point in 2022. For most of the last two years, We've been in an unbalanced housing market that strongly favors sellers. Bidding wars, offers over asking, and waived contingencies have become the norm. But as interest rates rise, affordability declines, and fears of a recession loom, buyers are gaining back some power in the housing market. As the dynamics of the market change, appreciation rates should cool dramatically and become flat or even negative. But real estate is local. And I believe the most likely scenario over the coming months is that some markets will decline while others will continue to grow, all bent at a far more modest pace than over the last several years. The question then becomes, which markets are at risk of decline and which will see prices stay steady or even grow? So in today's podcast, I will explore data to determine the short-term strength of individual housing markets in the U.S. to help you identify opportunities and make informed investing decisions. The Big Picture Before we get into the localized data, let's look at June's housing market data on the national level as it helps provide context for the regional differences. First and foremost, things haven't changed too much in terms of prices and appreciation rates just yet. The median home price for the week ending July 3rd was still up, about 12.5% year-over-year. 
That's down from last summer's peak when appreciation rates were around 20%, but this level of growth would be unprecedented in any pre-pandemic period. Although prices haven't come down on a national level just yet, it is still worth noting that price drops are almost 4% YOY and are much higher than at any point since at least 2019. A quick note on price drops. They're worth tracking, but I don't put much weight on this data point. Price drops often reflect the behavior of overzealous sellers, rather than a demand, a lack of demand, rather. Following two years of unprecedented seller power, I'd expect an increase in price drops in almost every market, even the strong ones. Huge increases in price drops worry me. Austin, Texas has seen a nearly 500% increase in price drops, YOY. But seeing double-digit increases doesn't concern me as much. That being said, price drops can be a lead indicator for shifts in the market, but should be considered alongside other factors. As I've written about and had podcasts before, the main trend shifts that need to occur for housing prices to moderate or decline is that both active listings and days on market, DOM, need to increase. You can read all about why I believe this at biggerpockets.com, but in short, Active listings and days on market are good measurements of the balance between supply and demand in the housing market. When inventory and DOM are low, it's a seller's market and prices generally rise. When inventory and DOM rise, buyers gain power and prices flatten or decline. There's a chart at Realtor.com that shows active listings are starting to tick up nationally and are up about 19% over June 2021. To be clear, active listings are still dramatically below where they were pre-pandemic. Still, we're no longer in the declining inventory on a year-over-year basis era that lasted from April 2020 to May 2022. June 2022 was the first month we've seen year-over-year gains in active listings for more than two years. On the other hand, days on market, DOM, is still near all-time lows and is about half of what it was in 2019. This means at a national level, there is still strong demand for housing. If demand had evaporated, listings would be sitting on the market longer. But they're not. Note that some of the recent increases are due to seasonality. We've noticed that active listings and DOM typically rise over the summer and decline in the winter, and you need to account for that. We're looking for when DOM sees year-over-year gains, which hasn't happened yet. All told, on the national level, The housing market seems like it's starting to shift, but modestly. DOM is still low, signaling sufficient demand, leading to prices remaining up a whopping 12.5% year over year. For prices to moderate or decline, DOM and active listings need to get much closer to pre-pandemic levels, and we're not even close to that yet. So, why then do I believe the housing correction has started? When you look at the data for individual housing markets, it tells a much more nuanced story. Regional housing markets. As is often said in this industry, real estate is local. Recent housing market data makes that very apparent. To showcase the differences, let's look at a few of the recent boom's biggest winners, Boise, Idaho, and Asheville, North Carolina. Boise was perhaps the hottest housing market over the last several years, with prices increasing 59% from June 2019 to June 2022. Those are incredible gains, but to me, Boise is at risk of losing a small amount of those gains. Remember, 
My hypothesis is that markets where active listings and days on market are near pre-pandemic levels are at the greatest risk of a correction. For Boise, not only have active listings risen 130% year over year, but they are actually 8% above pre-pandemic levels, which I measure as June 2019 compared to June 2022. There are only a handful of markets where this is true, and Boise is the most notable. DOM is up 4% year-over-year, but is still down 13% from before the pandemic. But if you combine those two data points with a big increase in new listings and huge increases in price drops, this looks like a housing market in transition to me. Does this mean that Boise will see a crash in prices? No. That could happen, but I think the more likely scenario is a balanced market where buyers actually have some power. This is just an informed guess, but I do expect we'll see price declines in Boise at some point in the coming year or so, but probably only single-digit declines. What's more certain to me is that buyers will be able to negotiate, and better deals will emerge in markets like Boise. To contrast Boise, let's look at another recent boomtown, Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville's appreciation since 19 was 41%. More modest than Boise, but still enormous, and has been up nearly 20% in just the past year. But looking at the lead indicators for Asheville, the story is different from Boise. Rather than skyrocketing, active listings are down 11% year-over-year. Days on market are also down 8% year-over-year, and price drops are up only 18% YOY. To me, This shows a housing market that is very strong and is unlikely to see a big change in prices. Sellers still have the power here. As you can see from these two examples, different housing markets point in different directions. I picked two well-known hot markets for this example, but you can see these discrepancies across the board. Reno, Austin, and Phoenix look like they're transitioning, while Miami, Richmond, and Tallahassee still look like strong sellers' markets. You need to look at data for each individual market. And lucky for you, I've put together a spreadsheet with data from Realtor.com's Residential Listings Database to help you see what is happening in your market, and you can download it inside this article at BiggerPockets.com. Conclusion On a national level, the housing market is still doing very well. Prices are up double digits year over year. Inventory is starting to tick up a bit, but days on market remain extremely low. But when you read between the lines and examine some reliable lead factors for the housing market, you can see that it's in transition. Sellers are losing their iron grip on the market, and buyers are gaining power. Home buyers and investors are better positioned to negotiate and find deals. On a localized basis, these shifts and trends are even more pronounced. Some markets seem very strong and will likely keep growing, but more modestly while other markets seem like they could be heading for price corrections in the coming months. To be an informed investor, you must understand your local market. To me, the most important things to look at are active listings, or other inventory measurements, and days on market. You can Google those in your local area or download my spreadsheet that compares June 2022 numbers to both June 2021 and June 2019 for hundreds of markets. Remember, The metrics I am covering here are lead indicators for the short-term prospects of the city in question. To look at the long-term potential, you should look at macroeconomic data like population growth, income growth, and construction. Hope you enjoyed hearing that perspective. 
Before you go, are you interested in getting your personal finances in order? Then check out the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, hosted by Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen. To learn how to save for big-time investments and launch yourself toward the life of your dreams. I'm Tyler, and I can guarantee you, I'll be right back here tomorrow.